Welcome back, Bears fans, to this Friday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast. What is going on, everybody? It's Friday, also known as the CHGO Audible Day, our weekly in-depth game preview, all aimed to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here for you. Excited for today's episode. Before we kind of dive in, I just want to do a quick birthday shout out to my mom. It's her Lance Briggs birthday here today, so happy uh, birthday there, Mama Bear. But Nick, I know you've been battling an illness over the last few days. We have something going on in the house too. AJ's been under the weather for a couple of days here too. Uh, I'm glad you're powering through here for us. Um, But I know last night we were both watching that game in Prime Vision. That was pretty dope. I love that. I love the just the the wider angle that you get to see them spotlighting certain players, and you can you can almost see the play develop before it's actually finished, right? And I really like that that all twenty two angle. But yeah, so if I sound a little uh, nasally, I apologize. But you know, just like the Bears, hopefully we're gonna rebound and uh, get things back together here. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that Prime Vision is cool. I like how you can see it shows you like when those receivers are running routes. It's kind of like I don't mm-hmm. know, they're a little bit more complex. Uh, then I think you you would believe like when you watch Madden, you see these straight lines, right? Like boom, booms. Yeah. But in games, they're a little bit more nuanced and seeing like the little time to throw counter going over the quarterback's head. You, Everyone who knows me knows how much I love numbers and, and how they relate to the game of football. So it was a really neat experience overall. I didn't know it was a thing. Apparently, even last year, Nick, uh, they actually started to use it. I saw about it a couple weeks ago, and I knew I was waiting for last night to check it out, and it really uh, did not disappoint. And I feel like maybe it would be awesome if the Bears and Justin Fields could watch this game on the field with Prime Vision. That may help them out because I feel like they need a lot of different help right now. No doubt about it. Uh, they can definitely use all the help they can get, and we're gonna we're gonna go through every every which way that they can possibly get that help on offense, defense, and everything in between but see people are excited it's us too we have greg you know producing the show here too so we got the squad here to you know close out your friday and get you prepared for sunday between the bears and the buccaneers you know nothing puts a smile on my face like getting to talk bears football with you nick uh it's again doing it for eight years now but it's one of my favorite points of each and every week it's been a busy week here at least for me helping the philly launch uh phly which has been tremendous uh, overwhelming support over in our brand new market for all city. Uh, so it's just been a lot of fun, but today's the day where I got to wake up and I'm like, I-, I get to research the bears. I get to talk bears football. And to me, that's always a little extra special. So here's a quick recap of, of what we're going to discuss in case you're just not aware of what these game preview shows look like. Uh, we're going to begin by discussing the keys to success on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge, share our weekly X factors, our bold predictions, and really a whole lot more. Make sure to ask questions throughout uh, the entire episode. Throw some super chats in here. We'll answer a bunch at the end uh, once we kind of get to that point of the show. And of course, if you want the Bears to win, you believe they'll win, or heck, you're just a fan of Nick and I, make sure to give this video a quick thumbs up. Nick, to kick things off, Bears Bucks, one-liner. You know, I've, I've switched these one-liners to one, one-worders. one mm-hmm. <laughs> make it up a word right here. But uneasy is uh, the one-liner that I'm going to use to describe this matchup between the Bears and Buccaneers. And we're going to detail exactly why I'm feeling uneasy. And I'm sure a lot of Bears fans are as well. Mine, and I'm going to go with you. Maybe we'll turn it to the one word uh, for mm-hmm. this, new, this segment here. But I'm going to go with Listerine, Nick. Because I okay. want that nasty taste that I left Soldier Field with in my mouth that night, and I just want it gone. And obviously, I think the Bears need to have that 
happen here too. Hopefully they've been figuring out ways to do it this week. If not, we may be in for a long Sunday afternoon, but I'm going to go with Listerine because there's been a lot of games. <laughs> you and I have been podcasting about this team for a long time <laughs> where we just sit there and there's a pit in your stomach and you just can't get over it as easily and as quickly as you want. And usually the ones against the Packers, they stink worse. And boy, Nick, Sunday, that drive home for me that night was a long one. And I just kept finding myself shaking my head and really wanting to kind of, you know, try to find a way to move on, but I just couldn't. Well, that's such a, I mean, like you said, we've been through this a long time. We've been doing this for a while and there's been a lot of bad losses, but I don't think the word Listerine has ever popped up on this podcast. And it's a perfect way to just kind of encapsulate what needs to happen going into week two. So perfect word there. All right, let's get into our keys to success. We'll begin with the Bears offense, who hopefully just <laughs> scrapped last week's game plan, <laughs> threw it in the uh, recycling bin, and then lit that thing on fire. I'll begin with my <laughs> very first key of the episode, which is a Ted Lasso reference, just for you, Nick. Be a goldfish. Yeah. And again, it's been a long week. And honestly, not just like for me personally, but the Bears and how is Hall. I mean, they've been under scrutiny both on a local and national level. And, and I'm hoping, you know, obviously that building isn't completely under duress because there's just so much wrong that just happened last week. DJ, DJ Moore having the lowest targets. And I know I put the date, like it was over a thousand some odd days. I went back and I counted how many games that is because I think that's another way to just quantify like how rare it is for DJ Moore to have two or fewer targets. That's the first time in 50 games in his career that he's seen two targets or less. 50 games. Uh, the inability, you know, for the Bears backs to get cooking at all really sucked. Mm -hmm. Throwing the ball downfield. That offense, when you rewatch that game, felt like a very high school-esque uh, approach. Mm -hmm. I'm going to my wife's homecoming game here tonight, and I know like they love to throw the screen game. They don't really push that ball downfield, and that's kind of what the Bears' offense looked last week. Third down, Nick, you know what it was. It was a death sentence. Sixth yeah. worst in the league last week after being the worst in the NFL a, a year ago. Not the improvement any of us were hoping to see. So I just wanted to highlight a few of the things that went wrong and just re reiterate and reference that for the Bears' sake, they just need to have to have a short memory here on offense, shake off the cobwebs, and really just go out there and play football. Don't play scared. Just go out there to freaking play the game. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't learn from their mistakes and reflect on those mistakes, but they can't go into this game being like a pity party. Oh, woe is me. Oh, my gosh, we're down in the dumps, and we, we can't figure this thing out. It's way too early for it. This is week two. So just like Ted told Sam, I'm telling the Bears, be a goldfish. Love it, Will. Be a goldfish, exactly. Have that 10-second memory because they do have this week two matchup. And for my first key for this Bears offense, going to be all about communication. Because when you watch this Buccaneers defense, they bring the blitz like no other. And they were the second most heavy blitz team in the NFL in week one, only behind the Minnesota Vikings. And maybe they weren't as effective as they would have liked to be using the blitz, but Kirk Cousins definitely felt that pressure. Was still able to make some big plays, but he could just feel it. And how they do it, Will, like maybe they'll bring the linebacker on one play. Maybe they'll bring their DBs. They'll show five on the line of scrimmage. But if you're Justin Fields in this Bears offensive line, you don't know exactly who's actually rushing the quarterback. Mm -hmm. We saw a lot of times their, their safety, Ryan Neal, he wouldn't necessarily be on the line of scrimmage, number 23. But 
they'll drop maybe David or, or White, the linebackers, and then he'll the safety will replace them and get pressure on the quarterback. Antoine Winfield had a nice sack strip off the right edge, was able to mm-hmm. get to Kirk Cousins. They make it so difficult on you to identify who is actually going. So the communication up front from all five offensive linemen to whoever the running back is on that play to Justin Fields, they need to be in sync because if they're not, there are going to be opportunities for this Bucks defense to not only blitz, possibly sack Justin Fields, but to create turnovers off of that. So they need to have that communication on point. If not, it's not going to be good for this Bears offense all game long. No, they, they love the blitz, and the Bears offensive line really needs to step up their game here. And actually, that was my third key. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just make it my second key for the sake of consistency and carrying along our conversation here. But just talking about Tampa Bay, you mentioned they love the blitz. You mentioned Winfield and that big sack that he had. He had four blitzes last week, and he got two pressures off of them, one including that big game-changing play that you mentioned. Devin White, he blitzed 11 times last week for the Buccaneers and other players, too, coming in from the linebackers, the secondary. Like you said, you don't know who's coming. You don't know from which level of the field. They're going to confuse and attempt to confuse this Bears offensive line that really struggled last week, and it wasn't like the Packers were doing anything ultra crazy up front. So once you take that and then you add in all the wrinkles that Todd Bowles' defense is going to kind of throw our way, it gets me worried, and you just know this offensive line, they're going to be tested. Justin needs to recognize what this defense is going to be trying to do, um, but you know they're going to be trying to even confuse QB1 here. They're going to want to make him think it's coming from one direction, flip it, is going, for, it's coming in from the other side too. They're going to really, I think, they saw Justin kind of crumble a little bit under pressure last week, and they're going to want to keep that same thing happening for them. I mean, their game plan should be really – Really simple. They're going to pin their ears back because, you know, Fields is showing he'll still hold on to that football a little bit too long. And, you know, if I was that defensive coordinator, I would be chomping uh, at the bit. And just for the Bears side of things, Fields sacked four times last week. He had the second most pressures per drop back on 53.1% of his dropbacks. He was under pressure. One of them was a turnover on a fumble. Weirdly enough, Nick, positive. Braxton Jones, I don't know if this has been talked about. I've been really living under a rock all week with some of my other work, but he had the highest pass block grade of all tackles last week in the NFL, according to PFF, tied with David Bakhtiari at 89.9. Like, I know Braxton had his other mistakes, but, like, damn. Like, that was that's, that really surprised me when I went back and I saw that stat. Um, but Darnell Wright, he gave up the second most pressures of all tackles. Welcome to the NFL rookie. Nate Davis gave a league high nine hurries allowed among guards last week. Five, Nick, was the next highest. He gave up nine, nearly double the guy who gave up the second most pressures at guard. And then White here also gave up the fifth most pressures at guard. Lucas Petra gave up the most pressures of any center in the league. So you add all this up and you also look at what we talked about with Tampa Bay's aggressive style of defense, which by the way, seems like a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I wish we can have an aggressive defense here too. Sometimes we'll talk about that in a little bit, but man, it just gets me really, really concerned uh, about this, the matchup in the trenches to be most honest. No, it absolutely does. It's uh, like I said, at the top uneasy, it's really watching that front seven, how the bucks kind of handle things. And that's why it goes into my second key on offense. And you kind of touched on it. Will get the ball out quickly. And that's the thing that Justin Fields did not show in week one. Um, Even when, you know, there were guys open, he was hesitant to just let the ball fly. So 
if he does if he does the same if he plays the same way he did in week one and week two he's gonna get hit a lot more he's gonna get a mm-hmm. lot more a lot more times he's gonna be sacked a lot more times he's gonna be pressured but this front like even if they don't even bring extra guys they will eventually hit home they will eventually hit home so even on some of his dropbacks i'm sure everybody watched the qb schools breakdown of justin fields the dropbacks just for fields they seemed like he it was a little nonchalant like it wasn't like he was uh i don't know in rhythm if that's what you're being coached then that's what you're being coached because you gotta line it up with time with the receivers but I think there can be a little bit more urgency as long as it lines up with how you're being coached. And ironically, you guys, it's going to sound crazy and don't look at me like I'm crazy, but the screen game could be a huge for the bears. <laughs> if they can actually block, they can block and I right? know, yeah. I know if they can block with this front, how they blitz the screen game could actually be an asset to the bears. If they block it up correctly, like Justin Fields talked about it after the game. Like, yeah, if we had a few, if we had, you know, just better blocking, we have things set up. Luke Getze reiterated that in in his Thursday press conference, saying that we had the matchups there, but if we if we you know get the blocks, then we can actually make some things happen. I think against the Bucks, if they're bringing that much in the middle, obviously there's less guys on the outside that you have to worry about to make the gang tackles. So you have to make your blocks, but that's easier said than done. So uh, getting the ball out quickly is my second key. I mean, there's so many, and they're not even like my keys, but just talking about this game, like, and you mentioned, God forbid, the screen game. Like, yes, I, I know it could work. It just, I, I have a lot of angst uh, about it right now. But actually getting this running attack going with the running backs would be helpful to help counter that blitz. I know you were tweeting about play action and how, how that helps open up windows. And we've talked about that on here for years and how it makes those soft pockets because the defense steps up. Uh, and so if the Bears can run the ball, force the defense to honor the run, it could help counter some of these blitzes. But also, what we saw last week was even on some of these play actions that the Bears would attempt and Justin would like boot out, like Green Bay had those sniffed out every single time. And some of that's blocking because those were free rushers coming in. Uh, but uh, on top of that, like you have to know offenses, I mean, defenses are aware of what the Bears offense is going to try to do here. And it's really up to them to find find honestly and it's week two but tendency breakers uh in order to find positive plays because that leads to my final key here for the bears offense which is to avoid drive killers and you know the bears have talked about it all week and, and nick you and i are in the press box and we are crunching stats and like my god the bears they feel like they're always in third and long here uh, in this game and that was true but just uh, a quick a quick recap uh, of just things that went wrong. I mean, beginning of the game, two failed sneaks in a row, kills a, what seemed like a very promising opening drive. Uh, then you get the ball back, two straight false starts. At home, by the way, once you cross and get into a opponent scoring territory, that stalled the drive. Bears had to settle for a field goal, holding on Braxton Jones on the, uh, a series after that. A sack for minus 11. So you had a first and 20, a second and 20, and now we're looking at another one, which is a second and 21. You take a fumble uh, on a sack. And then uh, I went back to our notes, Nick, and until garbage time, which I'm counting garbage time with six minutes left in the fourth quarter uh, when they're down by 24. That's garbage time for me. Up until that point, the Bears averaged 10.1 yards to go. Uh, on third down for the game. So they were averaging more yards to go on third down. Then you actually start 
a series with 10.1 yards, which is more than 10. So the bears, again, they've used this excuse all week, but I think there there is merit to it. And the bears just kept shooting themselves. Really? They kept saying in the foot, but they're shooting themselves in both feet uh, throughout the entirety (laughs) of that football game. They need to get the hell out of their own way um, because that bucks defense, as you and I've already discussed are good enough to be a problem as it is. And it's really hard to succeed. And I say this a lot when you have to beat your opponent, and then you also have to stop beating yourself. It's, you're literally going up against two opponents when you do that here, too. And last week in our preview show, I kept reiterating the importance of the Bears' defense to try to find a way to make the Green Bay offense play from off schedule. And I think they heard my key, and they said, you know what? That sounds like a good one. We're going to make the Bears' offense play from behind the sticks and be off schedule. And look what happened. So for me, a huge key this week for the Bears it's just to avoid those drive killers uh, because there was more than a handful last week. And on top of that, the key within the key is find a way to get into third and manageable. No, that's a go. And look, my last key is sustained drive. So right along the same lines of what you're thinking there, Will. And I just think that when you have pre-snap penalties, it's never going to go your way. But one, So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what I saw was working against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers front seven is when the Vikings, even though they had not established a run whatsoever in this game, you guys, they ended the game with 41 total rushing yards of Vikings, but still they were doing this play action back to the defense. It moved the linebackers just enough, you guys, to where windows opened up. And I know that with this spotty Bears offensive line, you're almost asking Justin Fields to, you know, it's pretty risky out there to put his back towards the defense, but that works enough to move some guys out of place to where you can hit some big plays. We just didn't see enough of those explosive plays, especially in the middle of the field. And for this Bears offense to have success, that needs to be a part of the game plan. It cannot just be screens, it's horizontal attack. And we all know that Justin Fields left some plays out there against the Green Bay Packers. But whatever you have to do to, to sustain drives, you need to do it in this Week 2 matchup. Because like, like we just talked about all before in our previous two keys, the Bucks are going to blitz. They're going to blitz a lot. They're going to do it with a lot of different people. So, and someone put in the chat, like, it's not just screens. Justin Fields needs to have the hot route available, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You need to know when someone vacates a place, uh, your guy should be replacing there, and you throw the hot route and hopefully get, a, you know, a big chunk of yards there. So, anything that you can do, Luke Getze, to put Justin Fields in advantageous situations, like he was saying that he was trying to do, against the Packers, you need to do it to an even better extent this game because I think this defense is just more dangerous than what Green Bay was doing. So whatever it takes, you guys, and I I know that um, it's literally – I'm putting everything into a hodgepodge of things, but if it's putting your back towards the defense to move those linebackers a little bit so you can hit a hole right behind them, do it. If it's hitting the screen pass, you just got to be – willing to do whatever it takes to try to mitigate the blitz that the, the Bucks are going to bring. Because like you said, Will, they, they probably see blood in the water when they see Justin Fields mm-hmm. and how hesitant he was for in week one. So it's it's definitely a tough matchup. Yeah, you would have never have known which quarterback was limited in starts throughout his career versus the other one last week between yeah. Jordan Love and Justin Fields. What's up, Greg? Well, let me ask you guys this, you know, because – you know, uh, I see Gary in the chat saying gets, he's going to call a college offense again. And that's my question. Do you think that we're going to see more of the screen game? Like we saw week one to try to stymie the Todd bowls blitz, or as someone pointed out in the chat yesterday, 
as much as I'm nervous about their screen execution, do you think that that's going to open up? Because when you blitz, that opens up one-on-one opportunities on the outside. And you heard both Getsy and Justin Fields say they need to take advantage of those more. So maybe I'm not looking at it in the right angle. Maybe it won't be as many screens and it'll be more downfield one-on-ones to some of these playmakers we need to get the ball to. I think it's going to be a little of both um, just to start off here. I think uh, what was I tweeted out? I think it was from the Eagles Vikings game. If I'm not mistaken, they ran. Yes. Uh, Jordan Addison scores off a deep touchdown because they faked the screen to the left side and Kirk Cousins just had time. So you can, you can implement the screen game as a decoy as well and actually try to hit those deep shots. But Look, everything's on the table, you guys. Like, it literally is. But that's a good way to use a screen game and actually not throw it, but to try to get something vertical. Because the same route that Jordan Addison ran to score against the Eagles in last night's game, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, they can all run that same route. They can all be just as effective uh, doing that. But I think it's going to be a little bit of everything when it comes to that uh, screen game. Yeah, I I agree. I don't want to get into it, like, too much here and overthink it. But obviously, Greg, if they... If they can give Justin time, then you can take some of those more deep shots. But if that blitz is coming in hot and ferocious and, and Justin has someone on his lap immediately because Nate Davis, Cody White here, or Lucas Patrick, they're not doing their job right there in the heart of this thing, that pocket never even comes to be, then it's going to be really difficult to even give those guys those opportunities. Okay. Uh, I appreciate the insight and uh, I'll throw the the full keys up just so everybody kind of is on the same page. Will's offensive keys to the game. And I really enjoy the be a goldfish short <laughs> memory. That's a great analogy. Um, and avoid drive killers and the blitz counter. And then of course, uh, Nick here, communication is key. Uh, get the ball out quickly and sustain drives as the offensive keys to the game. Will and Nick. I'm going to have it correct here for the defense, though. I got you guys. Ooh, lots of fun there. Uh, I see that we're already 23 minutes in, Nick. Do we want to do the defensive keys or do we want to take our first time out, collect yourselves, then get into the defensive keys? I was just thinking that, Will. So always on the same uh, wavelength <laughs> here, but let's, let's get into some ads and then uh, we can go into our defensive keys and be good. Perfect. You're up first, man. All right, guys. Uh, we have a new partner. Someone that you've heard about before, but Ray CDJR, are you in the market right now for a new vehicle? If you are, then you have some great news. We have some great news for you. Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and Fox Lake have just joined the CHGO team at Ray CDJR. You'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Jeep Adventure Days at Ray CDJR in Fox Lake, you'll be able to take up 15% off msrp on all new 2023 jeep gladiator models you gotta gotta cash in on that when you can you guys but that's not all now through september 30th explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of breathtaking deals as they celebrate their grand reopening there in fox lake so again if you're in the market for a new vehicle then you have to check out the team at ray chrysler dodge jeep and ram because they are the only team we recommend Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today. Serving the community since 1963. Awesome stuff, Nick. I want to make sure everyone knows about Fubo. I know a lot of people are signed up with Fubo, but if you're not yet, I'm going to make sure you know why you better sign up with Fubo ASAP. First of all, they have over 140 
Live channels is for shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from like any device, your iPad, your phone, Nick's camera that is also a phone. That's literally every single device, your computer, and you can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. Start watching immediately with a free trial, no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. You have over a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. Watch your local teams even while traveling. Obviously you can, you know, that helps you watch these Bears games and of course all the uh you know the Sox, the Cubs, we have the Bulls and Blackhawks starting up here really, really soon to be a great time uh, to catch up. And college football's going on. I know right now we're focused on like the Bears, but I mean college football is also uh, an amazing part of my Saturday routine. And I'm sure it is yours as well. So watch all of your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to ww fubotv.com slash chgo to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, this is Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano, the CHGO Bears podcast. It's a CHGO Audible Day. It's our game preview episode. We've already given you our three keys each for the Bears to succeed on offense. And now it's time to switch our attention over to this Bears defense and Nick, since technically I received the opening kickoff there in the first half of the keys, mm-hmm. you're going to start us off here first uh, with your first key on defense. Yeah, and I see Nicholas in the chat here. We're we're on the we're also thinking the same here because I have this literally in my notes for the Bears defense this week. Don't be so vanilla is what my first uh, key on defense <laughs> is. A lot of the times the the Bears lined up defensively in the you know in a specific defense but that was that's what they ended with whether it was cover two cover three there wasn't a lot of pre-snap and post-snap motion or switching up for this bears defense so jordan love even though very inexperienced in terms of game reps was able to identify what was going on in the defense and orchestrate the play as it was designed because he didn't have to really think much else of what what the defense was going to bring i just think of the fourth and three play the slant pass to Aaron Jones, TJ Edwards is in coverage there. It's it's cover one and, you know, everyone's manned up, but there wasn't anything that Jordan Love had to identify. He knew it was cover one. He knew he had uh, Aaron Jones on a choice route and then threw the ball. But the thing that scares me, I say, don't be so vanilla. That's what Allen Williams in this Bears defense is, you guys. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. You're not going to see a lot of the linebackers mugged up at the line of scrimmage and they have five guys there. You don't know who's going to be blitzing. That's not what Allen Williams does, you guys. So even though it's one of my keys and I would love for him to kind of break that, I don't know, that habit that he shows when he he puts a defense out there. But unfortunately, that's not what this Bears defense is. So I just think that, you know, if they want to maybe have a better opportunity, mix some things up, mix some things up, throw some different things at Baker Mayfield and maybe that'll give you a better advantage to not only get off the field on third down, but just have more success on defense. Nick, I just want to number one through 10, your confidence meter that they won't be vanilla. That they won't be vanilla. Uh, it's probably like a nine. So you're nine out of 10 that, you know, they won't be. So yes. 1% or 10% chance that they actually Maybe on like four plays, they won't be vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. I actually have more about this for my second key, but I'm not going to jump ahead. My very first key, um, it's just time for takeaways. Uh, The Bears offense, I feel like they're going to be, unfortunately, potentially give up the ball a a few times. That Buccaneers defense preaches turnovers, and and by golly, 
But unlike the Bears who preach it, they find ways to get it done on the field. They had three takeaways last week against the Vikings, including a red zone pick and a couple of fumble recoveries. And they just went, you know, pretty much the Buccaneers know, like, we don't have to have a clean game ourselves on offense. As long as our defense is creating more takeaways and we're committing turnovers, we're going to be in a better position uh, to win this game. They just want to win the turnover margin because they know it boosts your winning odds. And so for the Bears defense, they're going to have to find a way to counter this. It's plain and simple. And I'm like you uh, and the vanilla-ness. Like, I'm just not confident in the Bears' ability to just take the football away right now. And I'm just really concerned about that defense's uh, ability to generate turnovers. Middle of the road last year, they were just one of eight teams not to have a takeaway so far in week one. That's a quarter of the league. And look at today's uh, this matchup for the weekend. Baker Mayfield, he's proven he'll give defenses chances to make plays, but really it's up for the Bears to execute. And it's not going to happen, Nick, if the Bears don't find any sort of pass rush. The issue that plagued this defense a year ago. When you look back at week one, only two QBs were pressured less last week than Jordan Love. And to go back to offense, Justin Fields, second most pressure quarterback in the league. Jordan Love, third least pressured quarterback in the league. No wonder why the final score was uh, the way it kind of ended up. So the Bears, you know, you have to find a way to get pressure more than 20% of the time. Uh, you really just need to find a way for that to happen. If you don't and you just sit back and you play a little bit of vanilla shell, soft shell coverage, it's going to be really difficult for this Bears defense to come away with takeaways, especially without, I think, Kyler Gordon. It's going to be a big loss. Yep for this unit in the nickel. Uh, they love, Tampa Bay loves putting all of their receivers in the, in the slot sometimes, whether it be Evans, Godwin. And, and so it's going to be tough, um, but it's still better be an emphasis for the Bears like it should be, like they say it is, but we haven't seen it yet. And I know this is only game two of year two, but I'm starting to get antsy about it, to be honest. No, and I think a lot of Bears fans are as well, which is unfortunate. Uh, let's go into my second key, guys. Something that I was just watching on tape from this Buccaneers offense that they like to run a lot are definitely the slants and posts from their wide receivers. You'll see Mike Evans running the slant in the post, uh, whether it's on a safety or in the middle of the field from the slot, like you were just saying, Will, or you know outside, and they'll do the same thing with Godwin. So, And for Baker Mayfield, he only threw for 173 passing yards in that win over the Minnesota Vikings, but on those throws specifically – there was conviction with his throws. He put it usually in the right spot. There was one high one on the post to one of the tight ends, but scored a touchdown to Mike Evans on, on, on a post route. On a key third down in the game where the where the Buccaneers were trying to milk the clock but also try to get in field goal range, he had Chris Godwin isolated to the right, ran a nice post route on third down, was able to pick up the chains and keep that Buccaneers offense moving and also to end up eventually getting the game-winning field goal. So – when you don't have a guy like Kyler Gordon who could defend in the slot, and we don't at this point, guys, we don't even know who's going to play that nickel corner spot as of Friday with Josh Blackwell being limited with a hamstring injury. Could it be Jalen Jones? Could Tyreek be in the slot? Don't know yet. But I just saw a lot of conviction from Baker Mayfield throwing on those in breaking routes, especially on the slants and posts. So that needs to be something that is a high priority for the Bears defense. And if they do this play action with the back with maybe B Baker Mayfield's back to the defense to try to suck up those linebackers, you're opening up those windows to hit those slants and posts right behind them. So it's a matchup that I'm sure the bears have identified, but it's something that the, the 
Buccaneers offense like to use. And again, they didn't do it very much with only 173 passing yards, but when they needed to, they were able to get some big plays. And Mike Evans actually dropped a touchdown off a slant route, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's going to be doing that again. He's usually pretty consistent. So definitely got to make sure you're well of the slants and posts against this Buccaneers offense. I like the specificness, and there's a reason why the Bears signed two linebackers that are supposed to be good cover backers to help clog up uh, the middle of the field. And we know that had mixed results last week against Green Bay. I'm going to get into my second key, which really builds off of everything we've been talking about and really reeling from my last key. But And I, I know everyone is, but I'm just sick and tired of this soft defense. I want to reiterate it one more time. Like anywhere you look last week, they were just losing their matchups. Defensive line. I mentioned no pass rush. They're getting pushed back in crucial rundowns. Linebackers, uh, I'm not going to name a name, but getting outran by running backs in space for huge gains, missed tackles, miscommunication in the secondary, players getting wide open behind the secondary, inability to get off the field on third down. They got the Packers, to their credit, on or into third down 16 times, second most in the league, but they just couldn't get off the field. They allowed them to convert on nine of those, which is just extremely gross. And really, it just to me, Nick, when I go back and watch that game and just remember watching it with you, like it felt like the Bears defense just had the best view in the house, a front row seat to the Green Bay Packers show. Like that's what it felt like. They just, they just stood back and, and watched them literally pick them apart and outside of a couple. And I'm going to give them credit for a couple of good series where they forced three and outs the Bears defense outside of that. They just weren't cutting it. And so maybe it'll be a moment since there's so many new guys on this defense. We know like over half the starters are new. Most of the depth is new. Maybe it's going to take a minute for these guys to gel. But still, no matter what the names were in the back of the jerseys, it looked like last year's defense. And I don't know, like what kind of unit are they going to be this year? Are they going to be soft? Are they going to just allow themselves to get bullied? Are they going to just get pushed around? And if they're going to answer yes to all of those questions, we're in for a very long year. You have serious questions at defensive coordinator, serious questions at head coach. And when we hired Matt Eberflus and, you know, I live down in the Indianapolis area, some of my good friends down here, when I was talking about him, like you can have him. He's way too soft. And now we're like we're in year two and we're having the same exact conversation. So that's what's worrying me. So it's really identity check time. They need to figure out what kind of unit they want to be. Just like the offense, they have a short memory. This defense needs to have it. But they also need to have, honestly, the pride to figure their shit out and be better this week. Because if they're going to be as soft and as vanilla, so they may as well be an ice cream cone, as we saw last week, it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a long Sunday afternoon against this Buccaneers offense. I completely agree. Well, uh, you, you know, you put it exactly, you know, what it is right now. That's what it is for the Bears defense. And they just need to look themselves in the mirror and see if they're going to actually put in the effort to change, you know, the performance, how they perform on the field out here in week two. And, you know, my final key here, and we, we've all touched on this, is just get off the field on third down, you guys. Uh, when you go back, and look at that Packers game, even on the very first drive of the game, you talked about playing too soft, Will. Well, it was third and 13, and Jalen Johnson is playing with a lot of cushion, probably by design with, with this with this Bears defense. Uh, Jalen Johnson uh, gives up the completion to Romeo Dobbs on a slant route to get that first down. I was just talking about slants with the, the Buccaneers like to run. 
But later, later on the game, it just didn't happen there, obviously. But third and eight, this is this is late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. The Packers run a flood concept, and Jordan Love hits Jaden Reed on the deeper out for an 18-yard gain. Two plays later, they get a touchdown on that play. That first drive, obviously, the Packers get a touchdown on that drive. But those are third third down plays where, you know, that's a good spot to be in as a defense. Third and 13, third and eight. That's where you want the opposing offense to be, but not with this Bears defense because they're going to give that up. They're going to allow you to sustain drives. Um, when I'm looking at the two drives from the Buccaneers that ended in touchdowns against this Minnesota Vikings defense, there was a bad neutral zone infraction by the Minnesota Vikings on third and seven. Makes it a third and two. At that point defensively, you don't know what the what the Buccaneers are going to do. Are they going to run this ball on third and two? Are they going to pass it on third and two? But on third and seven, most likely you're thinking as defense, they're passing. But simple mistakes like that, penalties, can really put you at a disadvantage on, on the defense, as a defense. So I just look at, you know, all the things that, that went wrong defensively, whether it's, you know, playing too soft in coverage, not being creative on defense, being too vanilla, like all those things factored into why, you know, the Bears defense was out there for a while why they gave up so many points so it's it's a lot to fix up you guys and as we're kind of going through this you kind of see all the problems that happened in week one and you know we'll see how many of those issues they can realistically not even resolve but patch up going into week two look i'm not saying it's wrong if you're in third and long to play a shell coverage like theoretically that is the trend in the nfl right now it's the right thing to do but if you're going to allow them to turn, you know, these quote singles, right? These little dinks and dunks into doubles or triples. If you want to use a baseball analogy here and convert because you can't close the gap, you can't wrap up and you let these guys gain all these yards after the catch. Boy, like it's like, what are you doing? Like you, then you have to be aggressive, but if you can play back and tackle them and make sure you're not going to just give them like a fourth and one that they're just going to, you know, do a sneak and convert on, fine but for all intents and purposes for the bears as we talked about they they need to find that aggressive switch and flip it uh but let's get into my final key here uh which is to limit the ground gains and this may be a weird one for you guys to hear but just just hear me out so after the game sitting in the in the press room coach Eberflus said hey you know what the defense's ability to stop a run that's a positive to take away from this game and nick i'll be honest that did not sit well with me you just got whooped by the packers there were no like no moral victories to be had and he's like yeah well we didn't look at the stats we didn't give up you know a ton of yards on the ground and they you're right the packers didn't run up and down this bears defense statistically uh, because they didn't have to because it, why well let's just use aaron jones as a wide receiver and okay he had 86 receiving yards nick okay how many yards of those came after the catch Ooh, uh don't look i know <laughs> yeah no i'm looking off into the distance over by i'm gonna say like 75 85 of the 86 damn it okay 85 of 86 yards came after the catch you don't you can't tell me that's not an extension of the running game you cannot yep. tell me that's just the running game disguised as a pass. So don't give me the BS. Like, hey, we at least we stopped the run. Aaron Jones kicked your butt. And I'm going to even get into it a, a little bit more because, no, the Bears didn't give up all the yards that we saw on the ground consistent, consistently a, a year ago. 
they didn't get knocked out, right? You didn't see that knockout punch, but they did get annihilated by like some of those jabs. Like if you're watching boxing, some of those liver shots really hurt this Bears defense. And let me just give you a couple examples of what these jabs look like. Packers' very first scoring drives, Aaron Jones, seven-yard gain on first down on the ground, eight-yard gain on the next set of downs on first down, seven-yard gain on third and two on the ground, and then at the Green Bay 12, which got them inside of the five. So you had third and two at the 12, and you allow a seven-yard gain on the ground. But sure, we, we stopped the run. And then let's go into the very first drive of the second half. Aaron Jones, nine-yard gain on first down on the ground. Aaron Jones, seven-yard gain on the ground on first down. A.J. Dillon, five-yard gain on first and goal from the seven. So we got him down to the two. Don't tell me you stopped the run. Now, Tampa Bay last week, they didn't run the ball well, 2.7 yards per carry. Only the running backs had 39 yards on 17 carries. Just looking at running backs specifically here. But if the Bears defense plays as soft as we saw week one, why wouldn't you expect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be able to run this ball and get the same kind of jabs, even if they don't get the big plays, the same sort of jabs that the Packers were able to land. So the Bears need to find a way to limit those. Tampa Bay proved that even if they're not going to effectively rush the football, they're going to stick with it. They're going to have a balanced attack. Uh, And I think we'll see a lot of that on Sunday, but they really need to limit those ground plays, especially on first down because those killed this defense last week. No doubt about it. I think uh, Matty was trying to find some silver lining when he said that. It's like, yeah, I think, yeah, we stopped the run pretty well. Stop. Like, like you just, like you just detailed. Well, Man, I, I didn't think I was going to get that heated talking about that key, but I did. Phew. Greg, are you going to recap these for our listeners at home? Uh, I know the viewers had your awesome graphics, but you want to do the recap? Yeah, we can do the recap um, for sure. Uh, so Will's defensive keys here are time for takeaways, long past time, identity check, reality check here for the Chicago Bears. Who do you want to be? Limit the ground gains, especially on early downs, the third key to victory on the defensive side of the ball for Will. And then for Nick, his three keys to victory, don't be so vanilla. On uh, his second one, defense slants and the posts. I completely agree with that. Too many times on third down, just sticking in zone coverage, third and long, first down Packers. That was as demoralizing as it gets. Get off the field on third down, the three keys to victory on the defensive side of the ball for Nick. So well done, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Greg. Greg. I appreciate that, man. Nick, I'm still kind of boiling a a little bit. So I'm going to, unfortunately, I think I need to take a breath, which means we should take a second time out real quick uh, take this break and and then get back and have a lot of fun with some bold predictions, X factors, who has the edge and a bunch of staples uh, that we've been doing for years. Excited to get there. But first uh, you are up with a great message and I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, message from game time. Uh, as you guys know, it's it's like concert season. There's a bunch of events going on, and you know you just need to find that place to find those tickets. Well, you can you know the hassle of finding tickets can go away if you just use the game time app because buying tickets to your favorite events, well, it shouldn't be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop again, stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun. You'll have 
And here's some of the things that, you know, I personally just like about the Game Time app. You have those flash deals and last minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in every, in your area. And then you have the image of your seats so you can see exactly where, you know, you're looking to buy your ticket, what the view is going to be like. Always a plus to have that. And then they have the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They have all that stuff. So uh, Game Time has you covered there. But you, what you can also do is you can just forget about planning months in advance i'm usually that kind of guy i gotta plan months in advance but game time it has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and again you get those exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball is going to be coming up baseball game we're in the swing of things right now concerts comedy theater but the game time guarantee the game time gap guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section of row for less game time they'll credit you 100 110 percent of that difference so you can snag tickets without the stress of game time. And here's the most important part for all of this. If you download the game time app, create an account, and use the code CHGO, you get $20 off your first purchase. That's simple. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Good stuff there, Nick. I just want to say hello uh, to everyone who's listening and watching who is a CHGO diehard. I just want to say thank you so much for supporting us here at CHGO. Without you, it wouldn't be possible for Nick, myself, hell, even Greg, uh, who's back there. We're all living our dreams. Three years ago, two years ago, he told us we're doing this for our jobs. A, I don't think I would ever have believed you. Uh, and B, like just to fast forward a couple of years, it's truly incredible. And it's due to the support uh, of diehards like you. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of all three of us here uh, on the show. And for you listening, and if you're not a diehard, diehard yet, it's a great time uh, to sign up. Go to allchgo.com slash diehard. It does a great job of kind of explaining all of the great benefits of our program. Um, but just to let you know a few of my favorite kind of perks of joining. First of all, as soon as you sign up, you get a free CHGO Bear shirt. We have all these or any CHGO sports shirt you want, but I'm assuming Bears because you're listening to the Bears show. Um, but we have a brand new line that just dropped. You get a free shirt of your choice. So definitely do that. And then every single year when your membership renews, boom, you get a, another free shirt. It's really awesome. Plus, you get 20% off of our tailgates, all the other events we handle here over at CHGO, and that really helps you save uh, a lot of money. And really, you know, it's uh, $79.99 a year. But if you break that down by month by month, you're looking at like 8 bucks a month, which is what, like one-third of the price of Netflix nowadays? But now you get to support mm -hmm. your favorite local sports journalists, not just here at the Bears, but every other single beat that we have here at CHGO. So definitely check us out. AllCHGO.com slash diehard gives you all of the amazing benefits. Um, but really just know that by becoming a diehard, not only are you going to upgrade your fan experience, you're also helping us continue living our dreams. So thank you so much. And of course, brick by brick, brick, by brick. I don't know why I couldn't yeah, get that out right now. Right. You get a the most, uh, best shirt to get. That's right. You get a free shirt right out the, right out the gates when you become a diehard and discounts on our tailgates. And we, we really did a great job here in that first week and all the fans coming out. Uh, it was a, a lot of fun and we're going to have the next home game coming up. Our next tailgate at the corner of Wabash and Cermak, the official CHGO tailgate, go to allchgo.com and hit the events tab. And you can be a part of a party like this. No party better than, than what we're putting on for our CHGO bears tailgate with the guys over at the Chicago bears tailgating club. So again, go to allchgo.com and you can join the fun 
week four against Denver and all the DMVR crew is mm-hmm. going to be out there too. So there's going to be a bit of a, a rivalry <laughs> tailgate going down. Yeah, that's going to be. Man, I wish we would have just well, stayed at the tailgate the entire time and just, you know, you we would have food, right? booze. Would have it would have been great. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> all you can drink, Goose Island. All you can eat, fire, water, barbecue. And you're not kidding. The food was fire. Oh. It was really good. So uh, make sure you guys come out for that. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Definitely check all of it out. We're doing so many great things here at CHGO. And we just want you to be a part of the fun. That's what we do. We make Chicago sports more fun all right speaking of which let's do some fun segments leading to this game and let's begin with our weekly bears bold predictions and i'm gonna start this thing off nick it's bold um but i'm gonna roll with it i'm gonna go with a row some rojo mojo Ooh. it's gonna have two touchdowns total on the day i don't want to know if i want to commit to like two on the ground one on the ground one through the air but when you go back and you watch that game like Roshan Johnson felt like at times the only bear that came to play. Uh, so hell, give him some more carries, give him some more attempts. Once you get if, if and when we get inside the twenty, let him pound that rock down there towards the goal line. Um, but for me, I'm going to say two touchdowns for Rojo, uh, and that leads to some mojo, uh, which would hopefully lead towards you know better chances for the Bears to come out with a win here in this game. I'm going to go offense. I'm going to go with Roshan Johnson. I'm going offense with mine too, and this is bold, you guys. You ready for this? Bring the it. Bears get an explosive play on a wide receiver screen. That's that's my bold prediction for this week two game. Uh, seeing how poorly it was executed uh, in week one against the Packers, I know the Bears are going to probably try to go back to it at some point, but we're really lowering the bar here for bold, what is considered bold, but how the Bears performed in week one, I think almost puts that into that category of, Bold things that can happen. So Bears get an explosive play. So 20 plus yards off of a wide receiver screen. Boom. Man, last week I kept saying, you know, usually I set my expectations low and have them and and then I did it. And and we should have. So we're definitely maybe we're overcorrecting. Um, but I think that's that's okay. Uh, I think they give us every reason to feel like we need to maybe overreact or overcorrect here uh this week for this preview. Let's get into our weekly x factors mine specifically the offensive line uh, and we've talked about them you know a a lot here throughout this episode and i went through all those depressing stats but i feel like this unit uh, and we talked about the blitzing from the bucks have a real chance to struggle and really struggle and if they do the ship may tend to sink and they'll just have to be in their a game nate davis needs to play at a much higher level he missed like all of camp Um, i know we don't know all these personal reasons but obviously him not being out there really affected him because he wasn't the guard uh, that I saw a year ago that I knew that the Chicago Bears signed to bring in. Uh, he was literally the worst guard in the le- in the league last week when you look at the pressures allowed. And again, that's not why you signed him. He's supposed to be the upgrade. And we don't know, uh, again, what that personal issue is. Hopefully he can start getting things on track if not then maybe the bears need to not you know force it and maybe bring a jatir carter up and let him play because he looked good in camp and i want guys that are you know really willing to and able to play uh, at the highest level possible so obviously a lot of pressure on this offensive line i'm not going to rehash all the stats here but i think everyone knows that they're going to be key in this one yeah, and my, my X-Factor kind of goes off of your X-Factor here, Will, but the X-Factor for me is how the Bears play against Vita Vea up front. 
If you mm. look, if you're watching this this stream right now, he is like three people in one, and that's how he plays. He's just a a massive, hungry monster in the middle. And what he was doing to some of the Minnesota Vikings offensive linemen just made me laugh at times. There was even a play where the Vikings they executed pretty well. They had a screen over to the left side. Viva is going upfield, and that dude is running chasing down and tackles the running back in space like that shouldn't be happening that's why the nfl are just filled with freakish athletes but vita vea is going to be a problem for this bears offensive line so however chris morgan the offensive line coach luke getsy schemed to try to slow him down so you're not getting that direct immediate pressure up the middle you know that's why they get paid what they get paid because that's going to be a tall task for them all game but like we we talked about it, the interior offensive line for the Bears did not play well last week. It's a really tough task for what the you know Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to bring. I don't know if Kalijah Kansi, a guy that I really liked coming out of the mm-hmm. draft, is I know he's still dealing with an injury right now, so that can change things. But they have some other guys up front, and it doesn't really matter who they're bringing because it's so. Again, we talked about how exotic it can look, but how they play against Vita Vea is going to be my X factor in this one, you guys. Vita seems like he'd be very much a fluce kind of guy uh, with that play that you just described. That was hustle, uh, if I've ever heard it. No, no doubt about it. All right, let's find out who has the edge here this week. And I'm up first with the Bears passing attack versus that Buccaneer pass defense. Nick, after last week, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. They're going to have the edge over this Bears passing attack. Like, it's... It's just what it is uh, until they prove us other, you know, prove otherwise right now. But you'd like to think when you look back at what the Vikings were able to do against this Bucks defense, specifically Justin Jefferson going off for nine of one fifty, you would think that would instill confidence in me to be like, mm, you know what, DJ Moore, he he can have himself a day. But after what I saw last week, the inability to get the ball over to DJ Moore's hands, you know the Buccaneers know that the Bears have an emphasis on a little bit more so, an urgency to throw number two's way. And they know that the Bears are going to maybe, quote, force it a little bit. And I don't know if that's the right situation for the Bears to be in. Add in the heavy blitzes we talked about, the shaky offensive line that we've referenced, a quarterback that's holding onto that ball and second-guessing out there in the pocket. It's a big yikes for me. Advantage, Bucks. How about you, Nick? Bears rush attack versus that Buccaneers run defense. Real quickly, Will, I, I don't know. It probably doesn't change anything to you, but Carlton Davis did not practice two games in a row. Their best corner, but right. even if he's, you know, not out there, I, yeah. I still it, going it's the not Bucks enough, here. but it does mm-hmm. help. I won't lie yeah. and say it doesn't make me kind of want to reconsider that a little bit. Like it definitely does change things. But the Bears, I think the gap, uh, at least compared to last mm-hmm. week, so large. And right now, it's maybe they can beat the Bucks, but can they beat themselves? That goes back to the yeah. other key I mentioned earlier here, too. Two opponents you're going up against. So not quite, Good Nick. Um, but let's get into your edge. Who has it? Yeah, it's a, uh, the Bears rushing attack versus Bears uh, or this Bucks rush defense. <sighs> Last time they played the Bucks, actually Khalil Herbert went off, right? 18 carries, 100 yards in that, what was it, three to 30-something blowout loss in Tampa Bay. Woohoo! Um, yeah, woohoo is right. <laughs> um, I think the Bears want to try to establish the run in this one, you guys. And I was, look, I'm looking at the Eagles-Vikings game. The Vikings brought a lot of the blitz, too, and 
the Eagles were able to just run the ball all over them, but they have an established offensive line. They knew mm-hmm. how to, you know, read their blocks and take advantage of one-on-one matchups. The Bears don't unfortunately have that. And, you know, I guess if Khalil Herbert has that game, I wouldn't even call it a win in a sense because you're probably getting a lot of those yards in garbage time or something like that. So I have the Bucks rush defense uh, as the advantage here who were able to, what, just over 40 yards rushing for uh, Minnesota last week. So go with the Bucks here. All right, we'll flip over to the other side of the ball. I got the Bucks rushing attack versus that Bears run defense. Um, again, an offense that you think, uh, being the Bucks offense, that had less than three yards per carry last week. That you think I'd be feeling good about it, but that Bears defense, as I mentioned, they have a long way to go to order and just to prove to me uh, that they can stop the run when it matters, or enough to not allow the Buccaneers to get easy second and third downs and just force them maybe to limit the playbook. Because when you allow a team to give seven, eight, nine yards on the ground on first down, their entire playbook is wide open, and it's a really disadvantageous spot for your defense to be in. And I, one thing I will say I liked is that the Bears did have six tackles for a loss last week. Uh, this is a unit that struggled in that category a year ago, only 3.7 per game. Um, that is a plus. They only allowed one run of 10 or more, which is an exactly 10-yard gain, which is another good sign for a defense that allowed so many big plays last year. But I just don't trust it yet. And again, maybe they can stop the home run. Maybe they won't get knocked out, but they still need to protect the body uh, from those from those jabs and those body shots. But they definitely didn't do it last week, and I f- believe the Buccaneers' offense Uh, is capable of replicating at least what Green Bay did against them last week. Um, So this is another one for me, advantage or edge, Buccaneers. And Nick, you're up next with the Buccaneers pass attack with Baker Mayfield and his Bears pass defense without Kyler Gordon. Yeah, so again, it's not – the Buccaneers passing attack is not – after one game, this crazy explosive unit. It really isn't. They didn't throw the ball much. They could rely – rely on their rushing attack but just when i think the buccaneers need it most they'll be effective with their pass game and it helps when the opposition doesn't have any type of pass rush and like we said earlier the bears are not going to change things up crazy schematically to bring the pressure against this buccaneers um you know offense and i think the right tackle for the buccaneers he's a guy that you should be able to win matchups against but we just didn't see the bears do that all too often uh, not obviously not enough against the Packers in week one. So I'm also giving this one to the Buccaneers, but it's not because they're like e- extraordinarily great unit. Just when I think they need it most, they'll be able to get those plays through the air when they have to. Well, that's good for the bears because we gave the bears the edge in all four categories last week and look what happened. And here we go independently. Now it's all four the other way. So good. We are overcorrecting and that's great. That's great to see here. Let's play some over under here, Nick. Popped up the DraftKings app. We got some props for everybody. Let's get started. Passing yards. We'll start with Justin Fields. His over-under is at 174.5. I don't know if I'm – I can't take the over on that, Will. I just can't. I'm going under that. Going under. What about Baker at 224.5? I'll go under on that one, too. I don't think it's going to be a very high passing game in this one. All right, for passing touchdowns, Baker's at 1.5. Uh, I'll take I'll take the under on Baker um, passing touchdowns at 1.5. What about Fields at 0.5? Is he going to get a passing touchdown this game? 
I think he can get one. I think he can get one. We're taking the over. We're taking it over. Let's go. All right. What about fields on the ground over under 59.5 yards? Fields on the ground. Uh, I think there's going to be opportunities where that blitz, you know, force him out the pocket. We'll take the over on that one too. All right. What about Chris Godwin at 52.5 yards receiving? Mm, 52. I think he gets more yards than Mike Evans in this one. So I'll go over on Godwin stats. Okay. Evans is at 51.5. So they're about even. So you were going to, you think you go under there for Evans? Man. Yeah, I guess so. But those go, well, yeah, it was really, really close there. Um, Yeah. Go under on uh, Evans there. All right. On the bear side, receiving DJ Moore. Oh, God, please. 43.5 yards for our wide receiver one. I hope so, Will. I hope the over. Like, mm-hmm. if it's not the over on that one, we have a serious issue. And then I'll do Darnell Mooney for the last one for receiving. 33.5 yards receiving. You know, I gave DJ more the over. Let's 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 calm it down here and just say the under a Darnell Mooney. All right, then one more rushing, and then we'll move on. Khalil Herbert, forty-four point five is the line. Let's give it to Herbert. 40, 46. 46 bears defense. Yeah, let's go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's. Whew, man, this is that was a tough one this week, honestly, uh, on all of those lines. But uh, thanks for everyone for playing uh, in the chat, Nick. Thanks for entertaining some of these props for us here this week, but it's time to figure out who's going to be the most valuable bear uh, when it's all said and done. Last week, I really, really thought DJ Moore. So obvious that Luke Getty said, ha ha, bet. Um, no. Let's move on. To, uh, I'll let you kind of kick it off here. Can, who's going to be your MVP this week? Can I also just say this is the coolest graphic of all time? It's <laughs> it is really cool. Bear. It's badass. Uh, my most valuable bear, you guys, and we try to do this, Will and I, without putting Justin Fields in there every single week. Yep. So my most valuable bear for week two against the Buccaneers is going to be Khalil Herberts, you guys. I think that when you when you think about what the Buccaneers want to do, they're going to bring the blitz. you got to have, obviously, whoever's in that running back be able to pick up that blitz but also be effective in running. I mentioned what he did in you know his rookie season against the Buccaneers in that style of defense, the 18 carries for over for 100 yards exactly. Obviously, he's a different player now, but you know if he's able to not only do that, but he did pick up a the the one successful screen the Bears ran against the Packers went to Khalil Herbert. Lucas Patrick actually got out in space and made a block. I think it was like a 12 yard gain. But if you can also have that be a part of your your offense. That's going to help you at least be out there, sustain drive. So my MVP in this one is Khalil Herbert. All right. No wonder why you took the over. Although you barely took the over, but uh, you still did. You hit it home with the MVP. Good work. I'll go. It's weird because I'm like saying I'll go with a defensive player. Then I feel like that doesn't sound right. But also when if I say it's an offensive player, that doesn't sound right, so leave it to the Bears to really have my confidence shot on both sides of the ball right now. But I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson um, because Mike Evans, we know, it's probably the biggest matchup for the Bears on defense. Mayfield went his way early and often. Mike Evans led the team with 10 targets, which I know, Bears fans, a wide receiver one getting double-digit targets in a single game is a thing that does and can happen and honestly probably should. Uh, he was able to turn those 10 targets into a modest 66 yards, a touchdown, plus, as Nick mentioned, a, a drop touchdown as well. So there's a little bit left on the plate. Um, Jalen Johnson last week, 
he will need to kind of be the guy to shut down Mike Evans. Uh, last week, Jalen Johnson was targeted four times. He allowed one catch that Nick already highlighted in great detail uh, for 13 yards. And it was a first down on third down. Um, but uh, on top of that, uh, Johnson was one of only three players in the NFL last week at corner that saw four or more targets and allowed only one catch. So really good company to be in. Uh, so for Jalen Johnson, you know, even if he doesn't get the PBUs or the interceptions, if he can help slow down Mike Evans and, and win that matchup, and if he does so and it helps the Bears either win or give them a chance to win this game, I, I think he will prove his worth and be the most valuable Bear here on Sunday afternoon. I like it, Will. Um, every single defender on that Bears defense needs to, you know, step their game up and obviously we talk about this is not the like crazy explosive offense but you give them opportunities they can make plays but it'll be nice to see if Jalen Johnson can shut some people down on Sunday there we go and I'm going to surprise Nick because we have to give you our game picks we have to tell you how confident we are but before we do we just played some over-unders on the DraftKings app and I think it's a great time to just take our final time out uh, and before we get it into the final portions here of this episode. So in, in case you haven't known, I don't think the Bears know this, but football is back in full swing. Uh, and this week is another slate of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code CHGO when you sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook dot draftkings dot com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets do expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply all right so let's let's recap we gave you our keys to each side of the ball six keys in total for both the bears offense and the defense we told you who our x factors are we gave you some bold predictions we told you who we believe has the edge and now it's time to kind of boil it all down and kind of just say and explain who we believe will win this game nick you're up first what's the final score and how confident are you yeah, and just really quickly, guys, um, before we give that, like there was news on who's not going to be playing for the Bucks. No Carlton Davis, no Kalijah Cansey, Dennis, their linebacker, um, all looking like they're out. And the Bears are going to doubtful for Josh Blackwell. But honestly, it doesn't change my opinion of what this game's going to look like. Uh, we relayed it. We relayed all the things that are concerning with what the Bucks bring and what the Bears don't have right now uh, and going into week two. 
So with that being said, I think the Bucks win this game 17 to 14. Low scoring, but it's just going to be a long day for the Bears offense, you think, you guys. And I, I look, I hope I am wrong because this week, this past week for every Bears fan has just been, it's been, it felt like months of just thinking about re, re, kind of reliving that game, even though you didn't want to, of how you can come out so unprepared, don't have that energy, not being able to execute in week one. I don't, I don't want to experience that. But just looking at this matchup, it's not the best get-right game for the Bears in terms of what their weaknesses are and what the Bucks' strengths are. So, unfortunately, I have the Bucks winning 17-14 to 14 on Sunday. Okay. Um, how confident would you be on that meter then? I just I put it at a three because it was a three-point three point game, but, I mean, <laughs> it could have gotten lower. I could have, like, again, maybe it's week one. Are we over – you know, Will, you put the, the term – uh, overcorrecting, and maybe that's what I'm doing right now in my head as we're kind of putting together the show and relaying everything. Maybe I am overcorrecting, but uh, meta three in terms of confidence and hope again, please prove me wrong, prove all of us wrong here because we want to see the Bears obviously get that victory. It's crazy that we live a couple hundred miles apart, yet our brains are usually on, on the same exact wavelength, like almost to a T. Uh, I have the Buccaneers winning this game. 24 bears 20 you know the magic number that the bears seem like they can just never get past so i just figured yeah that's a good stopping point for them here and literally in my notes i have bolded under that score honestly i'm just at the point where i want to be wrong which is very reminiscent of exactly how you're feeling about your final score uh, as well and i just can't i i there's not enough listerine in my house uh, to just get over how bad uh, the taste was in my mouth after that last Bears game. Again, that was a rough drive home. I mean, they let me down in so many ways. I'm not giving up on them. Uh, I just don't know how I can sit here and confidently explain why they will win this game because they didn't give us a lot to kind of build off of last week. They really have to turn a lot around, and I'm not saying it's impossible. I just don't know what they even looks like for this unit here right now. So my confidence meter... I went to a five, um, which, you know, some is exactly in the middle. Um, and like you, I wish I was more confident in this week. I, I really wish that they can give us you know, a close game. They, I feel like it's almost a must win sort of game because with Kansas City coming up in week three, yes. I mean, if you lose this game, you're easily looking at an 0 3 hole to start the season. And 0 3 looks a, a lot different than even 1 and 2. Um, you know, early on in this season. So hopefully the Bears feel some of that pressure uh, and everything that we've talked about here. But yeah, I'm at a five. I'm not feeling great about it uh, by any means. And I get like you, Nick, I, I pray I'm wrong. I just, I just don't feel like I am, uh, which is disappointing. Yeah. And you know, if they do, let's say the Bears are able to make some of those corrections necessary to win this game, that would be such a good good adjustment for the bears because one they're they're learning how to identify to attack a team that's blitz heavy they can you know again take the right adjustments from a week one massacre and turn it into you know a positive um that would be that would be a positive a good sign for the bears coaching staff but you know we got to see it we got to see it first mm -hmm. for me to you know start picking the bears again you have to see it before you can do what that mug says behind your left shoulder. Did I do that right? 
This is my life. Yep, yep. We got it right. Believe it. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. I, I see we have four super chats uh here. So like the first one I, I see, at least in the order of my side, is from Mob. Uh that says Will Nick and Braggs, the goats. Thank you so much for the super chat. Thanks for watching uh our show here. We really much uh appreciate it. And then the Duke, per usual, took over. Just just went off on us here. Three 1999 super chats maybe the duke please that's the year we were born uh, but it was sooner than that uh we promise you that but uh he's like uh, look at the bright side they can't disappoint us this weekend when it's 50 to 6 at halftime <laughs> my heart hurts uh we can at least know deep down we expected it i'll be watching in a cold dark place which seems appropriate for watching a bears game that's right in the in a dark dark cave a bear's dead and uh, then the is other he, one here he tipping his hand there where duke island is a cold dark place like we've always I mean, thought duke I island caves well, that's what i'm saying we've always assumed duke island is somewhere warm but there's islands in cold places too so i feel like mm. now he's tipping his hand see i i just think that if the island's warm and you go into the cave on the island then it'll be cool and it'll be dark okay. so I, I think it leaves it open but it's interpretation i, I like we'll it still it the mystery but we'll <laughs> we're gonna get this um and then we have another one here from the duke the reason we suck and have claypool is poll's system is flawed he wants guys with high a scores and thinks that they can be coached into great football players a good scout values that quote can they play more than some of those measurements? I mean, there's some truth to that as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a high emphasis to get the, you know, the length, the speed, the size on this Bears defense, but they're not putting that to their advantage, right? So I, I just don't what, – what are you doing over there, Will? Oh, sorry, they need a heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They got to like play the, with that. Like the, like the coach from the replacements, right? Yeah, exactly. Gene Hackman, he's like, what are we missing? Heart. You got me. I yeah, got you it's got like me. You're pointing at your Heart. stomach like you're hungry for, for something. No, I eat before hungry. the show. I eat before the show or else I'm going to like pass out halfway through. I've been he's there. So, he's so right, too. And I brought this up before in the offseason, but there was a video of Merrill Hodge uh, breaking down the draft when Jadavian Clowney and Cleo Mack came out. And he was like, give me Cleo Mack all day. Jadavian Clowney has all the measurements, all the. In- but at the end of the day, it's how bad you want it, mm-hmm. where your mm-hmm. you know technique is. It's not just about how long your arms are, how strong you are, or how tall you are. And he he broke it down why he would take Khalil Mack over Jadavian Clowney in it. That this range true with what you're saying about RAS scores and things of that nature. Get guys that want it bad enough to be the best. Yep. Damn Completely straight. Agree. And they got one more here from the Duke. Want to make sure we get to. One day when the Bears finally win the Super Bowl, I'll walk up to Braggs and tell him, it's me, Greg. It was me all along. We did it. <laughs> and we break down in tears and the band I hire. Of course, he's going to hire a band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These pockets run deep. Uh, plays movie ending music and then fade to black. Fade to <laughs> black. Yeah, somebody asked like, Duke, how are you always in the chat? And he said, I'm rich and I don't work a lot. <laughs> Love it. I love it. Can't, That's awesome. Can't wait to meet you one day, but let's save it for when they win the Super Bowl. I, I, I'll take you up on that deal. And then we'll all come by wherever island you want us and we'll, we'll happily get drunk. But I feel like we're a long ways away from that day. Whew. 
ain't that the damn sad truth here. Uh, yeah. But we'll get there. I still believe we will get there. If not, I don't think I would be sitting here at this desk doing this podcast. So, um, but Nick, before we wrap off, I know I just want to you know thank you, um, and I hope everyone in the chat understands. Like you've been pretty sick for over a day here, and I think. You know, if no one, if we never said anything, no one would ever know. And I just want to, you know, get you a pat on the back, maybe over that left shoulder, you know, just, just thanking you for, you know, persevering, powering through, showing some of that heart off for what we do over here to make another kick-ass week two <clears throat> Bears preview show. Thank you, man. No, thank you, Will, for uh, everybody who's involved in making this show run. We did all we could. We did our we did our end, right? We, we were able to, to put everything out there, how the Bears can – you know, win this game. We don't have that, unfortunately, happening, but let's see if they can make a quick turnaround and make this, uh, you know, a victory Monday, which we haven't been able to experience uh, only two weeks into the season, but hopefully we get to experience that on Monday. My Bears victory Monday shirt out of spite. <laughs> I shoved it to the very last spot in my closet, like very end, behind things I haven't worn in like half a decade. Nope. Like, I, make me have to dig it out. I'll, I'll be happy if mm-hmm. I have to go dig it out. But I don't need it front and center mocking me every time I want to go change my shirt. But I want to thank everyone here in the chat. It's been a lot of fun. It is each and every Friday with you all. Uh, I know the guys are going to have you covered throughout the entirety of the game day. Uh, so definitely tune in for a pregame show, uh, the postgame show, and, of course, uh, everything in between because uh, we're always going to bring you the most extensive and best Chicago Bears covered. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Nick and myself and Greg behind the scenes. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.